1: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. Years ago now, not yet President Donald Trump said something that was intended as a joke, but has since become prophecy. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. During Trump's campaign presidency, re-election campaign, and everything that's come since, there have been frequent junctures at which people who watch American politics, or like us in Canada, have to live with the results, thought that surely, this was a bridge too far, for the saner minds, at least, in the Republican Party. You know by now that nothing yet has been a bridge too far, or a tipping point. So far, It's just Trump and they will stand by their guy until either he goes away or democracy does. And that brings us to last week. Legal fallout following the FBI search of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. The newly unsealed search warrant revealed the FBI was looking for documents connected to potential violations of statutes that make it illegal to destroy, conceal or unlawfully remove government materials. In the days since the FBI searched Trump's Florida property, we have learned a lot, but also nowhere near enough. What was the FBI specifically looking for? What did they find? What did they take? What's the ultimate goal of this unprecedented investigation into an American president? And will this, an FBI and Department of Justice investigation with connections to espionage and nuclear documents be enough to talk Trump's supporters and the Republican party off the ledge? And if it's not, then would an indictment? What about an arrest or jail time? If none of those things are enough, what does that mean for America, for her neighbors up here, and for the rest of the world? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Aaron Rupar is an independent journalist. He covers policy and U.S. politics. You can find his newsletter on Substack and subscribe. It is called Public Notice. Hello, Aaron.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: You're very welcome. Uh, Canadians need someone every so often to explain uh, what's going on in Trump world.
0: I'll do my best. It's a very complicated situation right now.
1: Yeah, well, I wanted to talk about that first of all, because it's been a week or more now of information kind of coming out in dribs and drabs and various documents. So for Canadians who know that Trump's home was raided by the FBI and maybe not much more seems certain, can you tell me what we know for sure about that raid at Mar-a-Lago now?
0: Yeah, what we know for sure is that the FBI got a warrant to go in there because of allegations that a judge found credible about Trump mishandling classified documents, including documents pertaining to nuclear weapons. And, you know, at this point, we don't know specifics beyond that because in the search warrant, uh, any sort of classified information was scrubbed from that. So it's all kind of general descriptions. The document that would shed a lot of light in terms of what the investigation is and kind of the broader context of the FBI's concerns is the search warrant affidavit, which remains sealed at this point, although there is a hearing on Thursday afternoon where it's possible that a judge could move at that point to unseal it. So, you know, a lot of the smart legal people that I read and talk to have been saying that they don't expect the affidavit to be released publicly as long as the investigation is active, because Releasing it could tip off Trump and Trump world figures, you know, it could give them a lot of information about the specifics of the investigation, uh, allow them to sort of plan ahead. Um, It's just not something that typically happens while an investigation is ongoing like this one is. So, you know, I don't know if we will see that anytime soon. But, you know, sadly, until we do, um, people are kind of guessing as to what exactly is going on here. Although we do know from media reports over the past year or so that Trump, when he left the White House, was extremely sloppy with handling classified documents, basically took them in a big box to Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, the archives was trying to, the National Archives was trying to recover some of these documents from him and ended up being kind of a protracted process. uh, And apparently not all of those documents were returned as uh, required to the National Archives. So, That's what we know right now, um, because there is a lot of gaps in our knowledge. It's a very easy situation for Trump's lawyers who are on TV constantly to demagogue and to sort of frame as this overreach. Right. You know, Republicans have been really harping on the fact that no president or no former president has been targeted for a search of this sort before, uh, which they describe as a raid uh, to make it sound, you know, uh, particularly dramatic. Um, but there's kind of a dearth of facts, and so that leads to a lot of speculation, to a lot of hot takes. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's it's a it's a touchy situation because again, given that we're talking about an active investigation here, it's it's obvious why the FBI and DOJ don't want to tip their hand and release a lot of information publicly. But as long as they have that posture, it's very easy for Trump world and for Republicans to kind of demonize them, and we have had a surge here of threats against. Law enforcement, in particular, the FBI. Uh, Last week, a field office uh, for the FBI in Cincinnati uh, was shot up with a nail gun uh, by a Trump supporter. A Pennsylvania man was arrested just a couple days ago for making threats online. And, you know, so we do have this, you know, kind of very heated um, situation here where, uh, you know, sort of the, the lunatic fringe of Trump supporters seem to be fed up at this point with the FBI. And they view this search, as a declaration of war, basically against the Trump movement. And Trump, Tucker Carlson, people of that sort have done anything but tamp this down. You know, If anything, they're turning the rhetoric even up right. and you know, kind of describing this again as like a declaration of war against their political movement. And so it's a very explosive situation uh, with a dearth of facts to help people kind of understand exactly what's going on. Uh, but that's sort of the lay of the land right now.
1: And we can talk more about the response from Trump supporters and Republicans in just a second. But you mentioned investigation a few times uh, in that answer. Where's the investigation coming from, the FBI and the Department of Justice? What do we know about what they're investigating, what they're looking for?
0: Yeah, so— To the best of our knowledge at this point, you know, based on what we know publicly, um, they are specifically investigating Trump's handling of these classified materials, some of which, according to the search warrant, had the, you know, the highest levels of classification where uh, they're only supposed to be visible to officials in like a secure facility so that, uh, you know, this information isn't leaked or can't be obtained by foreign governments, that sort of thing. So. Um, you know, again, we we know that Trump, when he left the White House, basically took a lot of documents from the White House in boxes to Mar-a-Lago, some of which now we know uh contain highly classified material. And so the FBI is investigating that and whether crimes were committed, you know, in terms of how these documents were mishandled. Now, that could involve a lot of other, you know, potential crimes. I mean, you know, I, I touched upon earlier this revelation that. Some of the documents the FBI and DOJ are concerned about uh, pertain to nuclear weapons. And so there's been a lot of speculation. You know, Could, could Trump have been trying to sell nuclear secrets to foreign governments? Um, you know, was this just a situation where he was very sloppy with documents that he should have been more careful with or returned to the National Archives? That we don't know, the specifics of that. But we do know that the investigation... Uh, Pertain specifically to Trump's handling of these classified materials, which of course is quite ironic given that Trump's campaign in 2016 against Hillary Clinton was largely about demonizing her and suggesting she should be imprisoned for her mishandling of classified materials. So we've kind of come full circle here.
1: And I suppose folks in Trump world are, are recognizing that irony and commenting appropriately.
0: Well, you know, there's been a lot of painstaking distinctions uh, made by Trump supporters to try and explain why the situations are different.
1: How do they try to explain it?
0: Well, so the, the the quick and dirty of it is that the argument that Trump supporters make is that because Hillary Clinton mishandled classified information that was on a computer server that potentially could have been hacked, that that was actually more reckless than what Trump did because he had These documents in his home, essentially, where obviously it'd be a little bit, in theory, more difficult to steal them or hack them, uh, to pilfer them, essentially. Now, um, you know, we don't know if that's true. I mean, there have been reports over the years of foreign governments trying to infiltrate Mar-a-Lago, you know, using memberships there to influence Trump administration officials. So, you know, I think the the argument that because they were at Mar-a-Lago, they're somehow more secure than on a internet server. I don't think that argument really holds a lot of water, but you know, you can make distinctions like that if you're really interested in defending Trump.
1: I'm sure you remember this tweet because uh, covering Trump involves being on Twitter all the time, but it's about like, oh, they've surely got old Donnie Trump now. I'd like to see him wiggle his way out of this one. And Trump wiggles his way out of this one effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Is this another case of that? How will we know if it's not? I guess is what I'm really trying to grapple with. How do, how do we distinguish this from the 19 other things that were definitely going to be the end of Trump?
0: I think we'll know that it's different this time if Trump is ultimately indicted, uh, because that's something that has not happened. Um, you know, There's been, as you've alluded to, a lot of investigations, both— um, Of a political nature with the two impeachments, I mean, there's been a number of criminal investigations as well, including active ones, you know, currently in Georgia pertaining to his efforts to, you know, basically defraud voters there by overturning Biden's victory over him in Georgia. And then also in New York pertaining to his business and possible, uh, you know, tax evasion, uh, misvaluation of his properties, that sort of thing. So there's at least two other, you know, active criminal investigations, going on right now, in addition to this probe of his handling of classified materials. But, you know, I think, again, if there is some sort of charge that Trump is hit with where, you know, he's facing real consequences, you know, there are certain felonies that he, you know, if he was convicted of them, it would bar him from running for president, which, of course, has fueled a lot of speculation among Trump supporters that this is really a political hit meant to take Trump out ahead of his likely 2024 run. Um, But that, to me, again, I think is going to be when we really know that this is different, is if Trump is charged by Merrick Garland um, essentially for crimes related to his mishandling of classified documents or other offenses related to that. Um, I think that will kind of put this into a different category than the investigations that we've become familiar with over the years and really heighten uh, the possibility that Trump may actually face um, some form of consequences, you know, political or otherwise, for this. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show.
1: We've talked so far about the reaction among Trump supporters, and you've mentioned uh, the reaction from, you know, the Tucker Carlson and the Fox News crowd. How have traditional mainstream, if that still applies, Republicans responded to this? And, And has their response surprised you?
0: It hasn't surprised me, but it's certainly been notable that the Republicans who have been willing to speak about this publicly have pretty much one and all defended Trump or at least taken the posture of boy, this sure seems like a politicized investigation trying to take the former president out before his presidential run. So the DOJ really needs to be more forthcoming with information about what's going on here. So kind of defending, not really necessarily defending Trump on the merits, but kind of defending the idea that there is more going on here than a good faith Investigation of Trump, and that's pretty much been the line up and down. I mean, everyone from Mitch McConnell, you know, to Mike Turner, who's a a congressman congressman from Ohio, who's been on TV defending Trump a lot in recent days. You know, basically all of your you know rank and file Republicans have taken that posture, and I, I guess that was maybe a little bit caught off guard that there weren't some Republicans kind of willing to stake out that middle ground of saying, you know, let's let's wait for more facts to come in. This sure sounds pretty bad. Um, You know, it it sounds like a lot of the same things that Trump criticized Hillary Clinton for. So let's take this seriously. Um, You know, instead, the the posture has very much been to, you know, kind of circle the wagons around Trump. Uh, Just before I hopped on this call with you, um, I was watching Newsmax, and they were hyping a poll that I think was just released today, showing that Trump has actually jumped ten points in the polls relative to Ron DeSantis since the FBI raid, and I think that's kind of <laughs> wow. been reflected in you know a lot of the comments from Republicans too, defending him. So you know, if anything, you know, it is kind of a sad commentary on our politics, but at least among republican base voters. I think, if anything, um, Trump getting raided by the FBI is actually kind of shored up his popularity, because you might recall that in the weeks leading up to this, there was a lot of talk, um, including, you know, from outlets like the New York Times, um, who did articles on this, that Trump's standing with Fox News was eroding, that Ron DeSantis' star was on the rise, and that you know, there, there may have been an opening for someone to beat Trump in a Republican primary. And, you know, that still could happen. I don't think this really changes the overall dynamics, you know, of where Trump stands right now heading into 2024, which, you know, I don't think is um, I don't think it's a lock that he wins a Republican primary. But I have been a little bit caught off guard that instead of even kind of trying to play it safe and waiting for more facts to come out, Republicans basically one and all have been defending Trump.
1: So I think I'm just going to ask basically what probably Canadians who are watching this from afar are thinking, which is like, from where we are now, you know, what happens next and and how far does it have left to go before Trump could possibly be indicted, charged or arrested? Like, where are we at in the process, which I understand is probably uh, complex?
0: Yeah, uh, we don't have a lot of visibility into that. And Merrick Garland's Department of Justice has been extraordinarily tight-lipped. There haven't really been leaks at all to speak of in the way that there often were during the Trump years that kind of gave us some visibility into investigations that have a lot of public interest. Um, And there are a lot of different ways that in the United States that uh, charges can be brought against someone. Um, In this case, it would be possible for Merrick Garland the Department of Justice to directly charge Trump with criminal offenses. But of course, that brings us into territory that here in the United States, we have never entered into. There has never been a former president charged with crimes before. I mean, the closest Mm, that we came was Richard Nixon, who was under investigation when he resigned the presidency. But then, of course, infamously, Nixon was pardoned by his successor and former vice president, Gerald Ford, uh, about a month or so after he resigned. And so, this reality that we now live live in of having a former president under apparently a very serious investigation because, you know, conducting a raid of this sort is not a small decision to make. And there was reporting yesterday that Merrick Garland apparently was weighing whether or not to go forward with the search for weeks before giving the final go ahead So, you know, clearly it's at a pretty serious uh, stage and that could reflect, you know, some of the documents that Trump may have had in his possession and concerns that if those got into the wrong hands, it could be a national security risk for the United States. So we don't really know, you know, if the urgency here has more to do with concerns, again, about the the specifics of the documents or if Trump really does face kind of dire legal peril at this point. Um, so yes, I mean Merrick Garland could bring charges. Um, we don't know if or when that will happen because he's a responsible leader of the Justice Department who doesn't right. let that sort of information leak publicly, and he, you know, has run a very tight ship there. So we don't know a lot about the timeline or about the, you know, severity of the legal peril that Trump faces. But it's clearly significant at this point, uh, which you know does lead people to believe that it's it's possible he could eventually face charges.
1: If and when that does happen, you know, you mentioned what we've seen from, A, his supporters and also the more, uh, I guess, the more radical of his supporters, the more dangerous ones, um, you know, confrontations with the FBI and death threats. What happens in that community if Donald Trump is charged with a crime or even worse, like arrested at (sighs) Mar-a-Lago?
0: Yeah, it, it won't be good. Uh, that's that's for sure. Um, you know, clearly the right-wing social media platforms that uh, Trump supporters tend to use, such as Gab and Truth Social, have been inundated with a lot of violent rhetoric over the past 10 days uh, since this raid happened. There's already been, you know, as we briefly talked about earlier, uh, an attack on an FBI field office in Cincinnati. You know, there's been people arrested and charged with crimes. Um, so, that you know, the rhetoric is really at, you know, an unprecedented level of, of being heated right now. And so uh, it's hard to imagine that wouldn't translate to acts of violence. Uh, I know the FBI headquarters in D.C. has taken extra security precautions. They have a, you know, a, a um, you know a fence installed around the, the building to kind of limit access to it to keep people away. Um, and so that, you know, again, it, it's kind of an unprecedented moment in our politics where You know, a former president and presidential contender, you know, his movement almost has some of the characteristics of like an insurgency at this point. And it's hard to predict where that will go. Um, But, you know, I thought it was very notable last night that Tucker Carlson, after a week uh, of being off the air, which I think was just kind of a regularly scheduled vacation, Ah, uh, returned to the airwaves last night, and as you know, I kind of touched upon earlier, he cranked it right back up to eleven in terms of you know characterizing this search of Mar-a-Lago as an attack on the rule of law, and you know mentioning how bad things could get if Trump is charged. Uh, we've heard similar things from Trump's lawyers, um, you know, which is you know almost kind of making not necessarily threats, but kind of you know being sure to mention how bad things could get, you know, if Trump is charged with crimes, as if that might deter the DOJ from going forward with them. So, right. you know, it's just in the nature of things that it's hard to predict, predict specifics. But, you know, I think we've already seen, you know, some of how this has played out with the violent threats and the acts of violence. And it's certainly hard to imagine that if things escalated further with actual charges against Trump, that there wouldn't be more of that.
1: Last question is just, what will you be watching for? If I, if you could find out, you know, one thing and, and figure it out that would unlock something uh, to you, what would it be?
0: I'm very curious to read the affidavit you know which we talked about a little bit earlier because again that will give the public the uh, information that we really need in terms of what exactly is going on here uh, you know what is the the scope of the concerns that the DOJ has you know it does it really just have to do with Trump possibly mishandling classified materials which in the United States and I'm not sure how it works in Canada but classified materials here can cover everything from letters that foreign heads of state write to the president to nuclear secrets. And there have been a lot of criticisms of the federal government in recent years that things are overclassified, that uh, documents that don't need to be classified are classified, which can be kind of a legal trap, uh, you know, for people if they mishandle them, um, but also leads to kind of unnecessary bureaucracy and secrecy And so we just don't know. I mean, again, the fact that there was a raid of sorts conducted uh, by, you know, overseen by an attorney general who has been very cautious uh, leads people to believe that there is more going on here than kind of like mundane mishandling of documents, that there were some real concerns about national security here. But until we can read documents pertaining to the broader picture of the DOJ's investigation, we just don't know. So Part of me is hopeful that as part of, you know, as a result of this hearing that's taking place on Thursday, that we'll get a little more information about that. But it also, again, gets into kind of a dicey territory where you don't want an active investigation to be compromised by too much information being released publicly. So there there is kind of a fine line there. But selfishly, as someone who's just very curious about what's going on here, I'm hoping that we can read at least a redacted version of that document to... To you know, kind of fill in the fill in the gaps here with more information that will, um, you know, hopefully make it harder for some of these Trump world figures to go on TV and make a lot of insinuations about this being a political attack and things like that. Which you know, I, I suspect is not the case, but because there's a lack of information, it's easy to to say things like that. So that's what I'm looking for.
1: We'll catch up with you, uh, maybe when it does, or a little bit after, and. See how things are going down there. See if Donnie Trump can wiggle his way out of this one. Thank you, Aaron. My pleasure. Aaron Rupar is the author of Public Notice, a newsletter on U.S. policy and politics. That was The Big Story. For more, head to the thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can find previous Trump episodes there. We try not to cover them too much. It's really hard during weeks like this. You can also talk to us on Twitter... Ask us why the hell a Canadian news podcast is covering Donald Trump. You can email us and yell at us for the same thing. The email is hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. And you can call and leave a voicemail, 416-935-5935. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find The Big Story. If you've got a smart speaker, you can ask it to play The Big Story podcast. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. Thanks for listening. We'll talk tomorrow.